what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely, pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stane, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Food Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, Bruce Dickinson here from Iron Maiden. Yes, indeed. Miss Whiplash herself, Mrs. Carrie, is here to um, unchain your brain. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to... You have the privilege of listening to Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 142 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. And I want to remind you about all of the Mistress Carrie gear you can get yourself hooked up with in the shop at mistresscarry.com. You can stay warm this winter with beanies, pom-pom, or no pom-pom, plus a Mistress Carry hoodie. And if you're planning to go to a show, you need the Mistress Carry concert-approved clear waist pack. If you got essentials you need to take into a concert or sporting event, there's a lot of baggage restrictions. Get the Mistress Carry concert-approved clear waist pack in the store for only 20 bucks. Plus, you'll find coffee mugs, t-shirts, sticker packs, shot glasses, pint glasses, a 7-in-1 bartender tool, and even a set of coasters. Log on to mistresscarry.com and check out the shop. This week, my guest Tyler Connolly from Theory of a Dead Man is making his third appearance on the Mistress Carry podcast. You can also find him on episode 34 and episode 80. And Tyler came back on the show to talk about King Charles and Queen Elizabeth, the difference between American currency and Canadian currency, becoming a new U.S. citizen, and the civic duty of jury duty. We talked about Theory of a Dead Man's recent tour in Australia and what it was like to hold a koala bear. You never know what Tyler and I are going to talk about. And, um, well, we also ended up talking about reading glasses, flying, falling off the stage, homemade explosives, truck stop shopping, the Boston Marathon, and so much more. That's just the stuff we talked about by accident. He really was supposed to talk about the band's upcoming new album, Dinosaur, that's getting released on March 17th. And Theory of a Dead Man joining forces with Skillet and St. Asonia on the Rock Resurrection Tour. And coming up this Saturday, they've got a stop in Boston at Roadrunner. Get the links on all of that and the corresponding playlist for this week's episode in the show notes of episode 142. So allow me to reintroduce you to Tyler Connolly from Theory of a Dead Man. I refuse to be recorded. <laughs> uh what's going on you know just uh, another day in the life i'm home for one week that's it that's all i get off i was gonna week. say i think you're home because you look like you're sitting in a throne it's very it's just some silly chair that, i have it, it looks you look like <laughs> king charles in that chair it's king charles now see <laughs> if you i don't like this upshot if you uh are, if you live in canada which dean still does He'll soon be on our all of our money now. The queen's gone. 
That's right. Strip they, her from all the cash. You gotta like yeah. hold some of the Queen Elizabeth old stuff because maybe someday it'll be worth money if they're gonna phase it all out. Yeah, isn't it? It's kind of creepy, right? The first thing, oh, the Queen's dead. Ah, uh, let's get her off the money. Let's go. <laughs> well, what's it's, crazy <laughs> is that she was the Queen for so long. Like people's entire lifetime, they they don't even know life without Queen Elizabeth, and now. I know it's crazy. I mean, we used to talk about it. We're like, man, when the queen dies, it'd be like, well, the king. It's so weird. It's nuts. I mean, when she I was lived in, a long life. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it's easy to live that long. I think when you got that kind of money, you know. Yeah, I don't. She probably doesn't eat a lot either. She says tea. You get the good health care when you're the queen. Probably, I'd be interested to see like how, like, if she feels not well, they're like, boom, she's got the best medicine happening secret stuff when i was in college we always used to take weekend long trips to montreal because you could mm. drink at 18 and we always used to get up there and look at all the weird colored money and be like this is so weird and then they started making our money colored and when you find a an american bill now that's not it's like wow that looks weird which so when i first like uh, started coming to the states growing up in Canada, like that was the first thing I noticed that um, I couldn't tell the money apart. Like it, it, all the money looks the same. I can't tell. You can't read well, the numbers that I are in all four read corners. The numbers. <laughs> I can't do it. Or notice Canada, that like, the guy in the middle of it's different on everyone. Like who's this, who's this guy? I just got a bunch. I'm like 12 years old. Who's Benjamin Franklin? <laughs> what president was he? <laughs> So, yeah, because in Canada, everything's so colorful, so you don't even have to look. You're just like, purple? Oh, there you go. Now you're a dumb American. Are you officially yeah. American? I am, yes. I am an American citizen. Uh, so now I'm afraid that they're going to send the thing to my house, which they do immediately, which is they want you to do ju uh, jury duty. So <laughs> don't want to do it. I get summoned for jury duty every three years like clockwork since the day I turned 18. For And I know people that have never had it. And I get called for jury duty every three years like clockwork. There's got to be ways out of it, right? And there are tricks. Like you go there and you wear some like really inappropriate t-shirt. It It's a lot harder than you think. I almost got put on a murder trial once. Oh, and no the, thanks. And the reason why I got to the point where they had to submit a list of the witnesses that were going to get called and I knew one of the cops that was going to get called to testify in the trial, and they kicked me off the jury for that. So that's it. You got to get on yeah. the technicalities. Yeah. That's what it is. You can't just walk in there and, like, lie and try to get out of it now. They're... And when you think about it, right, if you ever got accused of something, especially if you're innocent, like, your fate is now in the hands of the people too dumb to get out of jury duty. Like... I do look at it as like a civic duty, like like our legal system has to kind of yeah. function. And I, I think it's interesting, but it is kind of weird. I will give you a tip, though, if you ever get called for jury duty, because <laughs> you get stuck in that room all day, right? So uh -huh. everybody brings like a laptop or whatever. If you're going to bring, if, if you ever get someone to jury duty, bring a power strip. Because there's always uh, a run on electrical outlets. And if you bring a power strip, everyone's your friend and they will share snacks with you. That's a good idea. Uh, you know, did, were you the, uh, what do they call the person that's like the jury boss? Oh, the, the foreman or something? The foreman? Yeah. Like I, the well, I never got put on the trash. jury, but you just sit in that room like waiting to be chosen. Uh, 
And you just sit there all day. And so I brought a power strip with me. And now every time I go to jury duty, I bring a power strip and I make friends very easily. Because otherwise you're fighting <clears throat> for the outlets to charge your stuff. Courts are the worst. I, I, I've been to court a couple times because I had crimes against me. So I had to like be, uh, you know, a witness. Uh, but like just going to court, you see like you can see people like dressed you could see like the the suspects dressed in their like a tie, and the one yeah, I saw went in there. One kid was throwing up. Huh? <laughs> yeah, this one kid was like eighteen. He was so nervous, you could tell. He was, I was like, and of course, they, you go in there and they treat you like trash. They treat you like you're a suspect or something. Yeah, they try to grill you like Matlock or something, and you're like, well, you're the <laughs> you're the tattooed <laughs> rock and roll guy, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, they don't allow you to bring drugs in there, I found. No, that's frowned upon. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm going to see you this weekend. You're playing this new venue called Roadrunner yeah. that's really, really nice. Yes, we never played there before. I love the name, though. Yeah, it's cool, right? The name is awesome. We love Roadrunner. The, yeah, uh, it's going to be great. The Rock Resurrection Tour with Skillet and St. Asonia. No statement about the the you know, the, the state of rock in the world that you named it that. No, not making a statement at all. We just try to find something that was easy to say. It was going to be called something else, like the rock, something to sound like resurrection. There was two names we were battling over, and that was the one we, we picked. But I don't know. We It just sounds, it sounds like rock resurrection because we – did we die and now we're coming out of a cave? I don't know. Well, kind Who of. Knows? Every kind time of. you and I have talked in the last few years, I had to look it up. <laughs> we we talked the first time you came on the show uh, at the end of January of 2021. And then we talked yep. again at the end of December of 2021. And you guys were playing at the Worcester Palladium. But because of COVID, you guys were in a bubble and I couldn't come see you. So even though you were like right down the street, we had to do the interview remotely because... Yeah, we couldn't be around. So I'm actually going to see you this weekend, and and like I might be able to hug you. Yeah, we might be it's able to be in the to same room. Oh, so it's, it's going to be great. Knock on wood. It's going to be awesome. And yeah, you, finally. You guys are out on the road, obviously gearing up for the release of Dinosaur, which comes out on what should be a holiday in Boston. It's the first day of the Boston trifecta, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, Boston's probably got the most Irish people. Probably is that the stereotype? Or outside I think of Ireland, massive... yeah, it has the most Irish people outside of Ireland. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be good. I'm gonna, you know, get. I'm gonna get some Guinness. <laughs> I'm gonna get some Harp Harp beer. Also, I like Harp ale. That's really good. Or is that a lager? I think it's a lager. I think. Yeah, I'm into. Uh, yeah, March 17th. That's a great day. That's also my grandfather's birthday who actually was named patrick oh there you so, go not bad yeah yeah st patrick's day in boston is the first of the boston that trifecta they call it so it's like the official screw the the groundhog st patrick's day is like when we know it's <laughs> spring that we made it through the winter but it's also the first of the three big drinking days which is st patrick's day then opening day for the red Sox, and then marathon monday Oh, okay. So those three yeah. days, your liver gets like an Olympic level workout. My Lord. Yeah. Yeah, that should be good. <laughs> well, the last well, time. Uh... Oh, go ahead. 
I was gonna say I'll I'll uh, I'll have a drink on all those three days. That's, that's fine. I'll do it for Boston. <laughs> the last time you and I talked, you know, it was still a the world is weird. We don't know what's going on. And obviously, shortly after that, you guys kind of buckled down and started working on this record. Mm. Did the state of world events dictate? the album or did you purposely try to avoid what was going on in the world when you made this record? Cause it's kind of one or the other. Try to avoid. I mean, I think it just kind of, uh, I found it very, very difficult to actually be creative during the whole downtime. I, I just wake up every morning. I'm like, yuck. I think it was just like in a holding pattern. It's like sitting on the tarmac on a, at an airport. You're well, we like, talked about know. your affinity for like jigsaw puzzles and stuff. Like you had to keep yourself occupied somehow. Yeah. I was doing like uh made a rug for my mom or something. <laughs> Which you never posted <laughs> pictures on social media and you promised me you would. Okay. You know what? I'll do it today. I, I have, my mom says she, ha- she was going to hang it because she didn't feel it was right to, to step all over it. So I'm like, that's nice mom. <laughs> so I don't know if she hanging it or not. She probably just threw it in the trash. Uh, I'll find a photo and I'll post it. It's going to go next to the shelf of like your high school, like athletic trophies. You know, I I would be like, uh, you know, meet the parents where he goes to his parents and they have like all of his awards, but they're like seventh place. (laughs) That's me growing up. There was no, no, there was no blue ribbons for me. (laughs) Did you play any sports in high school or were you just the music guy the whole time? Music. No, I didn't play any sports. I played sports when I was a kid, like baseball, uh, rugby. Uh, but no, when I, high school was just, I mean, I didn't go to high school. I was, I skipped. I was the stereotypical, like got to lunch and then just went home, play guitar, just guitar. That was it. That's all I cared about. This is a public service announcement on the Mistress Carrie podcast. Don't skip high school because you'll end up a life failure like Tyler Connolly from Theory of a Dead Man. What do you do when you have kids? Like if you like really just like I barely graduated and I skipped and I just hated school. I still have a nightmare is once every like year that I didn't make it through high school. Like I failed or something. I'm like, no. Uh, what do you tell your, your kids when they're like, dad, tell me about it. what should I do? And you're like, you got to go to school. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd be like, well, uh, I didn't really study. You don't really have to. Uh, I don't know. Finish what you started. That's what I would say. Finish what you started. That's a good one. Yeah, just finish it. If you started it, you got to finish it. It's a Van Halen song. Yeah, see? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you're home resting and then going out on the road, obviously. I stalk you on social media, as I've told you before. Uh, I was living vicariously through you while you were in Australia. What was that like? On my uh, bucket was, list of places to go. Uh, so, I mean, I'll go through the bad stuff first. So <laughs> we, the bad stuff was we had a show in Hawaii, which was amazing. Uh, but it kind of broke up the flying time. So then we flew to Auckland, which is only about nine hours. <laughs> but we went to land and then, the, and then the pilot did one of these, you know, he floors it the last minute. And you're like, all right. And, uh, and he's like, no, no worry. Uh, no need to panic. It happens all the time. And then he, so he starts circling and then he comes on. And he's like, turns out the plane in front of us, uh, 
took out the landing lights, so we can't land. So we're just going to circle until they fix the lights. So at this point, it was like an hour, two hours of circling. People were throwing up. Some lady like gets starts standing up. She's like, I'm. She's, her husband's like, son, she needs a paramedic for real. Like this is all happening. This lady is like in pain. And of course, we're all just like this. Another day for us. <laughs> this is a movie. Like this yeah. is what happens in the movies that you're stuck it, on this plane forever. After flying nine hours, and now we're circling for hours. Then he finally comes on. He was like, "Yeah, so we're not going to land. We're running out of gas. We're going to go to another city." So we go to another city and we land, and then we refuel. And then, of course, par- yeah, please stay seated as the paramedics. Two people needed paramedics. Some lady had a panic attack. So we're all just sitting there like shaking our heads. And then he's like, okay, we're never going to try again. We're going to try to fly to Auckland again. <laughs> and then he fi- we got on the tarmac and then he finally was like, yeah, Auckland airport is closed. So we're just going to stay here. So we sat in, at the airport in, in a hotel for five days, had to cancel two shows. It's not a great start. Not a great start. So now onto the good stuff. So we finally got to Australia. And immediately went to the zoo and got to uh, play with koala bears and kangaroo. That's on my bucket list. First of all, uh, Hawaii's on my bucket list. Never been. But I best. always wanted a koala as a little kid. And I just want to hold one. Just like once. Yeah. I just want to hold those little, pet the little fluffy ears. Uh, uh, they, they go like this. They tell you how to hold your hand. They're like, put your hands like this. And then they they just put it's his bum in your hands, Ooh. and he stands he stands like this, and then he puts his his hands on you like this, and then like it's like a little baby, but uh, they're quite heavy, but they're really slow, like a sloth. They turn like this. Don't they all have like syphilis they... or something? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's usually I hear that a lot on tour, but. <laughs> I don't know about the koala. No, I heard that there was a problem with the koala population <laughs> because there's like, it's like syphilis or some kind of sexually transmitted disease. Gonorrhea. Yeah, Koalas it's... have chlamydia. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I tell you, like, it was it was crazy. So we did it. And like, after it was done, we were just like 47 years, to, 47 years. And I got to hold a koala bear. It's so silly because Australians are like, yeah, no, it's fine. We get it. It's chlamydia. Kangaroos are crazy. I just Googled it. Koalas, a lot of them have chlamydia. Man, I should get checked. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the kangaroos were scary because the place we went was called the Koala Sanctuary. And it's like a free-for-all. You just pay your money and then you just walk around everywhere. And they have like little shows. Like they have a, you know, 1.30, they do a, a, a dingo thing. Uh, and then, you know, two thirty of the birds, the falcons and stuff. And, and then, uh, but there's just kangaroos. They're like rats. They're just everywhere. They're just like laying on this, on the path. And they're really scary. If, if you don't know a kangaroo, like you're, you're like, is this thing going to attack me? This thing could kill me. Right. It's got this huge claw, like this long on its back feet. And then they just, so at first we were scared to death, but then we found this area where people were feeding them. And we, they gave us a bag of food, and they're the best. We patted them and fed them, and they're just lazy. They just sit around and just want to lay there. So you just go and pat them, they're fine. I, I mean, everybody's cool. seen the the viral videos of those ones that are super jacked with muscles and, like, punching oh, yeah. people, going after people's dogs. Well, they do this thing where they their tail, like, bounces, and so they go up on their tail, and then they 
kick you with their back feet and their and then they'll shred you like shred your legs that's what they do they go up on their tail or something they stand up they do like this thing yeah i don't know i guess if you're australian you fight those things i guess they're like oh yeah they'll probably but yeah i guess they'll punch you and stuff i don't know i think the males seemed a little scary but it seemed like that they had a female area that was they were docile they were totally down to be padded when you go and and see (laughs) animals like that especially in like a natural setting it's very easy to kind of see like evolution, right? Like those were probably dinosaurs at some point. Yeah. Oh, there was some dinosaur stuff there. They had some weird, crazy, look like an ostrich, but it looked, it was supposedly they're super scary and vicious. And same thing, they have some claw they attack you with, like a velociraptor claw. And I'm like, what is that? There's some crazy stuff. They have the platypus is a mammal, but it lays eggs. And it's the only mammal in the world that is has poisonous claws. I'm like, what are these things? And a bill like a duck. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and it's a bill like a duck. And so they have all these crazy things there. Uh, the Tasmanian devils were the best. They're like almost the size of like little pigs, but they're vicious. Like they make all these noises and they just seem like they don't want to attack you. Well, everything like in animals. Australia is trying to kill you, isn't it? Like literally <laughs> everything there is fatal. It didn't. The first thing we asked when we got to this thing where Dean was like, I think they have like anti venom stuff here. I'm like, they got it, right? They must have it. Because they just let you loose. And there's like these huge spiders just everywhere, just just like right here by your head. And we're like, Jesus, we're filming it. We don't know what it is. I'm like, they have, they have like anti venom for this stuff, right? I don't know. That's why I tell everybody, I'm like, I'll take the snow. Yeah. Because you don't need anti venom yeah. for snow. That's right. If you grow up, yeah, Boston gets cold, man. It's like Canada cold. Yeah. Just not yeah. that long ago, it was 35 below with the wind chill. And then like four days later, it was 50 degrees and sunny. And it was like, Mother Nature is fully just drunk at this point. It's just so, so cold and snowy. And then it's just full floods. Yeah. Because it's just nowhere for the water to go. It just yeah. melts. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Well, look, you don't get to be uplifting <laughs> because the title of your album is Dinosaur. The title track of the record is all about exactly yeah. what we're talking Extinction? about. Extinction? I don't know. <laughs> People ask like, what that's about, and they're like, "Is it about like what is dinosaur?" I'm like, I don't know. Like, I think part of it is the fact that we maybe I feel like a dinosaur now. Twenty-two years we've been doing this, so. I don't know. Maybe I'm starting to feel old. I noticed after COVID, we got back on tour. Me, Dean, and Dave all had reading glasses. We're like, no way. We all like, take the, take a look at this. And, I, and I'm like, you know, we start doing this thing where you read stuff and you do this. And we're like, man, it's all happening. Well, then what is going to happen is you guys are going to be competing over the magnification level. So where are you at? Are you a 1, a 1.5? Like, where where are you in your magnification of your reading glasses? Oh, I'm barely, I'm like, a. am I'm, I'm the lowest. So like one, I think I got one or 1.25. I think I, Ooh, I got okay. from like Walmart. <laughs> Dave's got, Dave's got twos and they're like binoculars. I'm like, dude, no, these are ridiculous. He's like, oh, what are you talking about? I'm like, this is, the letters are like this big. It's like, no, it's too much. No, I got like the lowest. I don't really need them. I'm, I'm just there. I'm just the point where sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, so I just put them on. But Dave's got them, you know, where you had them on your, now you to carry them on your shirt. <laughs> Does he got the chains <laughs> like the old ladies? Oh, I got to get him some chains. Oh. That's what I got to do. 
What a chrome hearts, chrome hearts. I wonder if they make chains. Like for... re- rhinestone bedazzled uh, ones. Skulls. Yeah. <laughs> Let me hit those people up. That would be amazing. <laughs> Some of the merch booth. Yes. There you a dead man. Pure silver. It all turns green when green they go and get glass in the shower. chains. But they have skulls yeah, you gotta on get them, to so Hawaii. metal. You got to do a show in Hawaii where you have like winners and then you can go. That's what you got to do. Yeah. You got to find out a way to do something where you could do some Mistress Carrie show with a band. Yeah, I never show. get sent to like the tropical places. Like I get sent to places like Iraq and Afghanistan. Like I don't get sent to like scenic, yeah. beautiful, tropical drinks in pineapple places. They don't send me to those places. That's why some of those bands do those, uh, the boats, the crew, like the uh, the rock cruises and stuff, because they go to like the Bahamas. So yeah. you see everyone's on the beach and they're like, this is amazing. It always seemed things. to me like a bad idea to put that many metalheads on a ship in the ocean. But every band I talked to said those cruises are an absolute blast. They love them. I'm not, I, uh, me and Dean are not into it we are i'm not a boat guy i cannot i would probably have to get a helicopter to take me away I, that's literally the only thing that keeps us from doing those is that i am not a boat guy I've had some bad experiences on boats <laughs> so i'm like nope not interested in being stuck on a boat i'd be seasick or something the whole time well it seems like <laughs> you guys have not had good experiences on planes either yeah uh, we've had i we have we could write a book on like we've done the full like landing where we had a plane where the landing gear wouldn't open same thing. We just had to circle and circle, and then they had to bring all of the full fire brigade crew on, like lining the runway for our landing. And we're like looking out the window. <laughs> they keep you clueless, right? They don't tell you what's going on. They, they tell you in the beginning, and then they're just like, "Okay, we're gonna try to land." And we're all like, "Is this it?" This is back when like you didn't have an iPhone. You had like a Nokia, so you couldn't really film it. So we were just living in the moment. But yeah, we've been on some flights where like we've almost hit hit a plane and stuff. Like it, once you you fly enough, you you have enough stories where it's like, I almost died. We you know, like so we just got caught in the what you want to call it of a seven forty seven. I can't remember what they call that, but it crashes planes. I can't remember what they call it. That uh what's that like the stuff. jet wash or something? Jet wash, yeah. You get caught in a jet jet wash, it can like it can like crash your plane. I remember like a plane went, <laughs> I went, what's going on? We got caught in a jet wash in 747. I guess it's bad. I don't know. That's why that scene Happens. in that movie, Almost Famous, is so funny, where they all think they're going to die, and the guy's like, I'm gay! And then I'm the, gay! And then the plane is fine, yeah. and everybody's like, all right, that was kind of awkward. Like, let's just... Can't take that back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I've... We, I definitely had so many of those near-death experiences. You know, it really makes you tougher. You build a callus there. Yeah. You know, it's not... <laughs> well, it seems to be just as dangerous for you guys to be on stage, too, because it comes up all the time on the show about about the onstage injuries, falling off the stage, especially, like... Done it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've fallen off, like, a six-foot uh, catwalk. Full, just, I just got to the end of the stage and just kept going. <laughs> And I landed on top of a security guard's head and my jaw hit his head and smashed my teeth together and I knocked him out. You knocked out uh, your teeth? No, I knocked, sorry, I knocked out the, the security guard oh. I landed on. 
Oh, that was so bad. I, I mean, it hurts so bad, but I, I got, I had to crawl back on stage and, and finish the show. I mean, it, it hurts so bad. I think it cracked some ribs. It was bad. But yeah, we've all done it. It's just, I don't know what's like, you're just looking at women in the audience or something. I don't know what you, I don't know what happened. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Don't even lie and say you guys were, we were focusing on the musicality and no, you were staring and my at the eyes closed. You know, I was singing really important lyrics. Yeah. About a bad, like bad girlfriend or something. Yeah. Hate my life. Some really, really deep lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> and then you knocked a guy out with your chin. Oh, yep. Poor dude. You know, it's crazy. I years later, I ran into the dude. Or I ran into some other guy that was his roommate or something. He's like, "You knocked out this dude that was my roommate." And I'm like, "No way." Okay. Yeah. It's I don't know. It comes all full circle. <laughs> I have to talk to you about the new single, Ambulance, because yeah. having been in radio for as long as I have been, every once in a while a song comes up, and when we play it, um, people think they're getting pulled over because they're oh, in the car and they hear the sirens and they go into a full-blown panic thinking that they're going to get a speeding ticket or something, and it's because you guys put the sirens in the song. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I mean, there used to be... Because it's a synthesizer or something, but we, we I I put in real science, but we took it out because we thought that was cheese. But yeah, that's cool. People think they're getting pulled over. That's amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I love it. Yeah, that's a fun song. That uh, that song started out really serious, and then we just turned into a fun like rock song. Just about having a a, a night so ridiculous that you're just gonna get so drunk that you just end up in the back of an ambulance. I just thought that was a great idea for a song has that ever happened to you that you that you've ended up have you taken an ambulance ride ever never i've never been in an ambulance i mean that i think growing up in canada like you start drinking when you're like 14 because there's <laughs> nothing else to do so i just remember getting so drunk as a kid when you're just like you're not prepared for it you're just too young and you weigh like 130 pounds and you chug like a huge thing of california cooler or something and then you're just so violently ill and your friends are like laughing at you, you know, and we're trying to force you to drink more. That's really what the song was about. It's how mean your friends were. They just want to see you die of alcohol poisoning. And yet you love them anyway. We all have those friends that are like, no, that's a really good idea. You should do that. Yeah, 100%. Oh, we all have that. We know it's one guy. He's the, the, he's the guy that literally gets us, he's the enabler, gets us in all the trouble. I just had that conversation a couple of weeks ago with Clint Lowry from Seven Dust. And we were joking about like in the early days of the band, the decisions that he made that he knew and would tell himself like, this is a really bad idea. And yet I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> what were, did he say what some of them were? Well, I was around for a lot of them. They're just, you know, just oh. dumb things that you just know, you know, decisions you make, things you're going to put in your body, chances yeah. you're going to take things you do when you're young and stupid and a rock star that you probably at this point understand. Wow. That was really stupid. Oh yeah. Well, we used to get these homemade fireworks from this one radio station uh, outside of Chicago and they're bombs. I mean, they were like half sticks of dynamite. The guy made them. He gives us a bag. And then we got like this moonshine from a fan. And so we had fireworks and moonshine and we were playing a show in West Virginia. And after the show, we started giving all the people there moonshine. And we would put, you'd take like a, one of those big, whatever it was, 
45 gallon drums and you put the thing underneath and you light it and the thing would shoot up. I'm not kidding, like 30 or 40 feet in the air, this metal drum. And everyone was like, yeah, that's how we're doing West Virginia. And we're like, what? We brought the fireworks and the moonshine. <laughs> they weren't just fireworks. They were homemade explosive ordnance. They were not. They were, they were definitely like blow your arm off. They were definitely legal. And I, I know we kept them like we kept them in the pantry on the, on the tour bus. This is so illegal. <laughs> and at one point, I think in the middle of the night, Dean got up and he just threw them. Like, he's like, this is nuts. Like, this is like, we're going to die. This is why are these on the bus? And we're like, I don't know. <laughs> See, now that could have so kept silly. you from citizenship. It could have. If they only knew, now they knew, now they know, and they can't take it back. That's baby. right. <laughs> How long ago did you, did you become a citizen? Did you, you went through obviously the whole taking of the test thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had, a, you know, I had a, had a green card for 10 years, so. So, uh, yeah, I got citizenship during COVID, actually. Uh, so the pro- so it was kind of sad because I think a lot of people look forward to the whole thing where there's a big group of people. So you go in with this huge amount of people and you all at the end, you all cheer or something. And yeah, you like take the right. oath and you, you yeah. know, it's, it's a for people, especially, you know, seeking asylum from I mean, you came from Canada, let's be honest, like. Canada's nice but like if you're coming from a place that's really dangerous and you're you know seeking asylum finally getting that citizenship working for years because obviously our immigration system doesn't function as quickly or as efficiently as it should that that day is a huge deal oh yeah for a lot of people like I can imagine even living and and I did it in Los Angeles so you can imagine them all the families and stuff in Los Angeles getting citizenship I'm like go I've been living here for years but it kind of was sad because it was during COVID so it they had it set up like the DMV where you had to go in one at a time so you go into this room and it was like a uh, it was just a like you go up to next and it was just like the DMV was a guy at a window and he was like you know say you got to say these say these things or whatever and you're like your analysis in the united states and he's like here you go and i'm like i mean you, you, you usually people dress up they wear a suit you know they yeah it was very underwhelming i was kind of sad but it was fine are you still a canadian citizen too do you have dual citizenship yeah so america doesn't like you keeping other citizenship they ask you to like get rid of that but i i never will like i can't i'm a canadian i was born in canada you can't get rid of your canadian citizenship if you were born there like that's like you can't get rid of it i wouldn't denounce that plus your parents would probably get pissed parents would pissed. they do ask you unfortunately when you get your citizenship they have to they ask you all these questions you know under oath and you have to say yes to all of them and one of the questions is will you take up arms against all other countries, including Canada, and you have to say yes. And I'm like, yes. Oh, so I'm like snap. thinking, I'm like, a war against my family. Like, sorry. <laughs> but uh, I met this guy who was my golf instructor. He was from Sweden. He was getting his citizenship. And I'm like, oh, I just got mine. He's like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. So what's the process? I'm like, oh, we, you have to denounce like Sweden. He's like, no. I'm like, yeah, no, you have to. He's like, no, you don't. I'm like, no, dude, I'm telling you, I just did it. You have to like swear that you will actually take up arms and fight other countries on behalf of America, including Sweden. He's like, he started panicking. He's like, 
oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm like, well, I'm just telling you. <laughs> Uh, if you say if you say no, they'll they'll say bye bye. Right, you have to do it. All I'm that studying of the amendments is down the drain. Yeah, the the, the hundred questions they can ask you, like how many senators are there? It's like all these questions that not even Americans know. <laughs> like, yeah, they ask you all these crazy questions, like how many years do can you you know, uh, uh, someone in the House of Representatives is voted in for? You have to know all that stuff. Well, now that you're American, though, now you can complain because you're not an outsider. You're in the system now. Now yep. you can bitch. It's a license to now bitch. Now I can bitch. That's, That's right. the first thing I did. I tell, people, <laughs> I tell the guys in the band, I'm like, hey, I can complain now. Before, I was just happy to be here. Now I can complain. That's great. And now that you're back on the road and, and you can really embrace like American culture at 3 a.m. when you stop at the truck stops now, like now you're like, these right. are my people. Yep. Bucky's go to the, 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 what's the pilot? What's the other one? That's the big one. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. You go in those truck stops that are like full groceries. I mean, they have rows of aisles of beef jerky and then they have like showers and, and shower rooms and stuff. You know, there's serious murders that happen those, right? I mean, this, that's gotta be murder central. It must have like places you can dump bodies. I mean, is that bad to say? I don't well, know. No, I mean, how many serial killers have you heard about that were like, uh, and that's how they didn't get caught for so long, is that they were long haul yeah. truck drivers that were just all over the country all the time. It does. We happen. would joke. We would talk about being in a band. We're like being in the band is the best cover. I mean, we could murder, we could murder people. We could be a hitman, and then we just get on the bus and we're gone. No, no trace until somebody on a true crime podcast is like, don't you think it's strange that these 12 murders all happen to theory of a dead man fans? Yeah. Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. We we never murder our fans, but yeah, it happened in the city. Yeah. Every date of the rock resurrection tour had one of these mysterious murders. Yeah. And there were only traces of beef jerky left behind. Yeah. There's yeah, the beef jerky and uh three day old hot dogs. <laughs> Corn dogs. Yeah, it's na- I mean, I don't know how people survive with that. There's some nasty food in those places. Well, I'm super excited that I'm gonna see you soon. Like to actually be able to be yeah. in the same room. It's it's been really nice to be able to keep in contact with my friends this way. But I miss being able to hang out. Yeah, there's definitely it's the Zoom thing is 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 uh, is cool, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody again. Tour is going to be great too. We're really excited for this tour. I think that that show is either sold out or close to it. So. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that it's there might be like three tickets left. It's going to be awesome. Well, I'm excited to see you. I cannot wait to hear the rest of the record. The songs I've already heard are awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's great. I think if you like Amos and Dinosaur, there's there's quite a few. I'm excited for people to hear it. Well, uh, between now and and then, can you just you know please don't murder anybody? We'll try not. We'll try not to. I can only speak for myself. That'd be crazy if I ended up on a jury duty and it was someone in my band they caught <laughs> murdering people at truck stops on tour. I'm like Dave. I have to recuse myself. I know the murderer. Well, you're going to be playing a show <laughs> where the birthplace of America, right? Like the revolution, all of it. So we can celebrate your citizenship when I see you at the show. 
Yes, and we can drink some green beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it won't. St. Patrick's Day is a few weeks away. They haven't busted out the green beer just yet. Right. It's like the one day, <laughs> like, it's hard to put green food coloring in a Guinness. It doesn't really do much. No, it's black. It's not going to turn any color, but blacker. Yeah, exactly. It's good. I love it. All right, so I got to ask you one more question before I let you go. Yes. <clears throat> We were talking about the three drinking days in Boston, the Boston trifecta, the third mm. being Marathon Monday. I know you know the guys from Seven Dust because you guys mm-hmm. it's, it all came up together. John Connolly, by yes. request of Mark Tremonti for his nonprofit, is running the Boston Marathon this year. Yes, I heard that. That's crazy. So John Connolly also spelt the same as my name Connolly. Are you guys so related? Irish... No, we probably are if you really do one of those 23andMe or those things are called. I bet we are because, I mean, it's just spelt the same. So I'm sure we came from the same town in Ireland or something like that. John Connolly. But, yeah, isn't that insane? Yeah, so... Pre- what your, sorry, what was your question? Well, prediction for John Connolly, how fast do you think he's going to run the marathon? Is he, is he going to fin it? Like... Like, give me your prediction. Wish him well, because obviously Marathon Monday around here is such a huge deal. I mean, I would never, ever bet against anybody in Seven Dust. Those guys are, uh, like, we always talk about, like, if there's one band you never want to fight, <laughs> it was Seven Dust. For real, we'd have that conversation. There's one band you never want to get in a fight with, like, Seven Dust. So, those he's, he's in great shape. So, I'm going to say, yeah, 100% he'll finish. How long? I don't know. Like, how fast is three hours? Is that That's, is that fast? Well, let me give it. <laughs> let me give it to you this way. I ran it in 2019 before the pandemic, and it took me six hours, 24 minutes, and 50 seconds. So the over under is: is he gonna cut my time literally in half or not? Could he run it twice in the time it took me to run it once? I don't know. I know that like in order to run a marathon, like you have to get, there's a book you can buy and it tells you like six months out, three months out. And it tells you what you have to run every day. Like today you have to run five miles tomorrow. You have to run two miles and, it's, like, and it prepares you. Yeah. Cause I have uh, friends that run marathons. I followed it. Start- it's still, it, it trains you, but running the marathon itself still sucks. And is there a wall? They talk about the wall. You hit a wall or something. Yeah. You, well, like where you literally, well, it's called Heartbreak Hill. It's at mile mile 20 of the Boston Marathon. They call that the halfway point because the hills kill you. And then you get to the top of the hill yeah. and you're like, I have 6.2 more miles to go. That's why they call it Heartbreak Hill. I burst into tears at the top of Heartbreak Hill. It was awful. Oh, the concept that there it. were 6.2 more miles to go, I was just like, I can't, I can't finish it. I finished it, but it sucked. But how great did you, when you were done, where you were just like, holy crap, that's amazing. Oh, oh, it's unbelievable. Wait, hold on. I'll Let me open the chat for you, and I will show you this photo here so you can relish in my agony. Where is that thing? I just had the picture. Um, what, are the, what, are the, uh, what are the people that actually, like compete in it run it in the people that run it do it just over two hours like two hours i think the record's like 203 or something like 26.2 miles because to run boston you gotta qualify right and my finishing time 
wouldn't qualify an 80-year-old woman for the marathon. That sounds that sounds so insulting, but I'll tell you right now, like I don't think I could do it the time you did it in. I don't think I could I could finish it. So good for you. And here it is right there. There's the that's me at the start at Heartbreak Hill. I see you, yep. The 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 bottom left is is me like making the last turn to finish and then the picture in the bottom right is me at the finish line. Like those are the four emotions of the Boston Marathon right there. But look how happy you are on the fourth one. Yeah, like, it was amazing. You, I couldn't believe I did it. Two seven five five nine. You got that hanging somewhere? Yeah. Oh, I have it mounted in a shadow box with my medal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Because Good the only you. other way to run it is to is to either qualify or to do what John's doing, which is to run for a charity. I see. So right. I ran for a charity. That was the only way I could get a bib. Yeah. HGH, what was it? Uh, I ran for um, the Home Base Program, which is a partnership between the Boston Red Sox and Mass General Hospital. And they specialize in um, treating uh, veterans with traumatic brain injury and okay. uh, post-traumatic stress. So that's who I ran oh, that's for. That's a great cause. Yeah, it was Oh, awesome. MGH. Okay. Yeah. Mass General Hospital, home base program. It was their first year having a marathon team, and that's who I ran for. But John is running for Mark Tremonti's organization, which is amazing. So so that's the over-under. Is he going to cut my time in half or not? You say yes or no? I'm going to say yes. I think think he can do it in three hours and change. That's tough. All right. That's Should I the, say no? <laughs> that's the prediction. I'm collecting predictions leading up to Marathon okay. Monday. Let's see. Oh, I'll have to root them on. That's crazy. I, I've done a I've done a quarter marathon. Let me just put it. That's as most I've ever done. And it was it was easy. Yeah. But still. Marathon that's is all I've done. Yeah. I'll never do it again. I'm glad I did it. I'm I'm retired. I hung up my sneakers. <laughs> that's amazing. Good for you. That's awesome. There he is, Tyler Connolly from Theory of a Dead Man. You can check the show notes of this episode of the podcast and find the links to his other appearances on episode 34 and episode 80. You'll also find the link to get tickets to see the band this Saturday night at Roadrunner on the Rock Resurrection Tour with Skillet and St. Asonia. And you'll find the link to this week's corresponding playlist. I make a playlist for every full-length episode of the podcast that features all of my guest music and all the other music that we talked about in the interview. You'll find Tyler's links, Theory of a Dead Man's links, and all the Mistress Carrie links as well. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to the Mistress Carrie podcast. New full-length episodes come out every Wednesday. Plus, every weekday, you get the sit rep. All your rock news, music headlines, and industry info in around five minutes. And you never know when we're going to release a bonus episode. You can join me every Tuesday night live on my official Facebook page for my video show, Cocktails in the War Room. And you can always find me on the radio on The Mistress Carrie Show. Full episodes of The Mistress Carrie podcast are now available on my official YouTube channel. Get the details on all that and more at mistresscarry.com. The Mistress Carrie podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network.